Hi, this is Nikki Belmonte, Executive Director of the American Birding Association. We are so excited to kick off our 2023 nesting season appeal. This year, we are celebrating the changemakers in our young birder programs. The amazing work of these young people are a direct result of ABA's Young Birder Programs. These programs provide a starting point for youth to become lifelong birders and conservationists. The ABA Young Birder Programs are made possible by the generosity of donors like you. Please donate online at aba.org appeal or call us at 800-850-2473. Thank you for your support. Now, enjoy this week's podcast. Hello, and welcome to the American Birding Podcast from the American Birding Association. I am your host, Nate Swick. I am here to tell you again about the event we are hosting with the Drexel University Academy of Natural Sciences in Philadelphia next Friday, the 19th of May. I will be there. We'll be talking about birds and birding and why it's so great, what challenges we face, I assume. I don't really know what the moderator has planned for us, but it should be a good time talking about this thing, which is really more lifestyle than hobby. I will be joined by Holly Merker and Anwar Abdulkawi. We are all bird people. We are all excited to talk with the audience and with each other. I can't wait to see what comes out of it. I'm also currently, if you are listening to this, on the Thursday that it comes out, at the biggest week in American birding. I'm there. I'm in the middle of all the birders in Northwest Ohio right right now. Well, not actually right now. I haven't left yet. But when this comes out, seriously, come by and say hi. I'll be on the boardwalk tomorrow morning. That's Friday morning before I have to head back home. I'm very, very much looking forward to doing some birding, something I have been neglecting here this spring. And spring, more than any other season on the birders calendar, is a blink and you'll miss it sort of season. And sadly, I've been blinking too much. Not now, not now. If you talk to me now, after you're listening to this, I will have probably seen some really cool stuff. So come by the ABA booth, say hello, find me on the boardwalk on Friday. I'll have stickers. You can get one. You can say hi. We can talk birds. We can do a little impromptu this month in birding if you like. It's that that's fine too. Let's get on to the show itself. In 2016, Arjen Dwerhuis undertook a massive birding year across the entire globe, breaking the record for most bird species encountered in a calendar year, seeing something along the lines of 70% of the bird species on the planet. He wrote about it, as seems to be the requirement these days, in a book in Dutch that has now been translated into English this year as The Big Year That Flew By. Arjen joins me to talk about his year after this week's Rare Birds. This is your Rare Bird Focus for the beginning of May 2023. We talked about the flame-colored tanager in Wisconsin last week. It was a real surprise. We had another really wild find this past week in Georgia in the form of a Baird's Sparrow in Fulton County in the Atlanta suburbs, which is not the place you would expect a tall grass prairie specialist to end up. Birds do weird things. This is a Georgia first and a first for the entire Southeast, but there is a a cluster of vagrant records of the species in West Virginia, Maryland, and New York. One of the more exciting finds in recent weeks comes from Labrador in far eastern Canada, where a Eurasian jackdaw and muskrat falls is the first in the ABA area for almost two decades. There was a period in the 1980s where this wide-ranging corvid was seen in eastern Canada annually, sometimes in significant numbers. There was a flock of 52 in Quebec in the winter of 1984-85, most of which were shot or poisoned by provincial authorities. They were seen as pests. It was more typically one or two individuals 
singles. Those records dropped off in the 1990s, and this is just speculation on my part. I wonder if that was an effect of the West Nile virus, which had a significant impact on Corvid populations in North America and Europe, which is only beginning to abate in recent years. If that is the case, might we expect more jackdaws in coming years? It's hard to know. It's also hard to know how these birds arrived in North America in the first place. They occasionally erupt into Iceland, and corvids are famously curious and adaptable, making both natural or ship assistance reasonable explanations. Those are the recent highlights for the full list. Check out the ABA Rare Bird Alert on Fridays at aba.org slash RBA. Not this Friday, though, because I'm in Ohio. You can also follow along with all the rare bird news in our ABA Rare Bird Alert group on Facebook or in ABA community. In 2016, Arjen Dwarshuis undertook a massive birding year that took him from his home in the Netherlands to six continents, 41 countries, and just over 6,800 species of birds. His global big year was a massive feat, breaking the record set at the time by Noah Stricker only a year earlier. He wrote about his adventure in a book, and uh, forgive me for this, it is In Bevlochen Gjar. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. All right, cool. All right. Translated this year in English, thankfully, as the big year that flew by. He's with me to look back on that year. Hello, Aryan. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really Absolutely. excited to be on, the, on your show. Yeah, it's great. It's great to talk to you. Um, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Um, yeah. When did the idea of a global big year come to you? Yeah, it was, um, well, it, I, can, uh, I can literally uh, take you back to the, to the exact moment. Oh, man. Um, right. um, it was in um, uh, 2006, and I was at the time traveling um, uh, through Peru. So I, was, uh, I finished the high school. I um, had several um, uh, different, uh, like, in-between jobs for, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, for about a year, and I saved enough money to travel to hitchhike for uh, almost half a year. Um, so it took me through uh, Malaysia, Borneo, Australia, and then... Um, I ended up in, uh, in Peru, and there I spent about four months hitchhiking, um, hmm. on, sitting on top of uh, uh, like the rooftops of, uh, of trucks, um, <laughs> uh, and sleeping along the roadside in the, in the Atacama Desert, sleeping in, in hammocks along the, the Cusco Mountain Road. So actually, I, I birded the famous Cusco Mountain Road for um, um, 12 days, and I spent yeah. $20 because I only ate uh, like canned <laughs> canned food and i slept along the roadside so, birds uh, birds are the only sustenance you needed yeah yeah so <laughs> anyhow uh long story short uh, at some uh point i was traveling with a friend of mine rob westerdown another dutch guy who uh, was studying uh, beetles at the time in iquitos in peru so he lived there and uh, we traveled from uh, puerto maldonado a city in the lowlands we traveled back to cusco and we were on top of, uh, uh, sitting on the top of uh, a truck again that was going painstakingly slow uphill. And we misjudged um, uh, basically uh, how long that would take. So at some point, <laughs> Easy to do in the truck. We, yeah, at some point we had to uh, cross a pass at uh, over 4,000 meters. And it was, um, um, yeah, it was uh, a night. So it was freezing cold. And we were sitting there in our sweaters, uh, shivering from the blistering cold. And then uh, Rob, he asked, um, do you think James Clements had a similar experience uh, when he did <laughs> his big year? So I asked, uh, asked him, uh, who's James Clements? So he told the whole, whole story of uh, James Clements' big year in 1989. And, uh, well, at the time, I had seen in Peru alone uh, about 1,200 uh, species. And 
of course, uh, that combined with Australia and Borneo and what I've seen in the Netherlands in just over half a year, I saw more than 2,000 species. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I, I can break that record one day. <laughs> so that's when the idea started. But of course, it was like uh, Ruth and Ellen, uh, in a, to a British couple, they, they raised, yeah. uh, raised stakes to, uh, well, well over 4,000 species. And then, of course, I, when I just really decided I was going to go for it, when I just finished uh, um, um, a university and I was working, I, I, my the relationship I was in, uh, it ended. Um, I was working <laughs> as a bartender. I had a lot of spare time, so I thought, now's the moment. And then, um, uh, of course, I tweeted about it, like, I was, I'm going to do a big year in 2016. And then, uh, like, Five minutes later, I got a screenshot from a um, newspaper article saying that uh, uh, some American guy called Noah Sticker <laughs> was going to do big year the year before me, 2050, and he like took it to the next level. So I yeah. had to, I had to either um, move to Alaska uh, or Antarctica, <laughs> far away <laughs> from everyone, because of course I bragged to all my friends I was going to break the world record in birding. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or which I, was a lot lower before Noah went at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was still thinking about hitchhiking and doing all that stuff. But then, uh, yeah, I had to, um, yeah, uh, uh, do it totally different. And it was also like thanks to so big shout out to Noah, uh, yeah, because of his big year and because I could study his, uh, um, uh, yeah, his itinerary, uh, the few mistakes, mistakes that he made or mistakes. You know, he was the first doing it. In, yeah, right. How do even know? Yeah. Way. Uh, I, I could yeah, build this itinerary and then uh, I could uh, really like, uh, yeah, do my big year in the way I finally did it. So, yeah. Yeah. You were sort of fortunate then that Noah came along and, yeah. and did it as sort of a trial run. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. <laughs> he would have smashed my record. But yeah. No, uh, he, without uh, Noah, it, was, it w- would have been completely different. Uh, experience not as big as a big year as it was now yeah yeah so how long did it take you to plan the year because once you decide to just go for it you jump off in january like you can't really stop and plan you have to have every step for the entire following 12 months set as best you can before you do it part of it was already like planned um like in the um since 2006 in the sense that Mm -hmm. I did a lot of birding uh, all over the world, like from Papua New Guinea to uh, South Africa to uh, Suriname, Peru. So I acquired quite quite a bit of experience birding on all continents and um, getting familiar with the birds and also knowing uh, like a quite a good picture of where you know you should spend a lot of time and less time. Yeah. Yeah. And and then like the, the real planning was um, uh, yeah almost uh, one and a half years of planning yeah so yeah. Uh, I sent over well, I cannot even imagine how many emails to guides <laughs> yeah. uh, birders um, uh, travel agencies lodges um, uh, potential sponsors all over the world because of course um, one big part of a big year is uh, you need to finance the whole thing right. And what is actually uh, like, it's quite funny that I found out that I spend way less doing my world big year than a lot of people spend doing ABA big years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I can, I can 
can I can highly recommend any American <laughs> listening to my story to do a world review. Don't worry about the ABA area. No. Go all the way. Go all the way or nothing. Yeah, exactly. So what a big part was uh, was um, uh, yeah sending all those emails, um, and then um, I was w- working real real hard here in the Netherlands to be on as many talk shows, uh, um, in uh, as many uh, radio shows to like mm-hmm. promote my big year and and uh, and really promote it as a like a big Dutch <laughs> like communal thing. <laughs> yeah. So that and then second uh, big thing was and that was very different from Noah's big year. I tried to get uh, uh, many, uh, tried to get many of the really fanatic, really experienced uh, Dutch uh, birders on board mm-hmm. to get them yeah. to join me on several during several stages of my trip, because they would a do the planning. We could split costs, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, you you have fresh um, uh, energy uh, when you are completely uh, um, yeah uh, tired. Exhausted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, what a lot of people perhaps in the US and Canada don't realize is, uh, or maybe they do, is that the Netherlands has like this huge, intense birding community. Oh. Like aside, outside of the US, Canada, and the UK, I would say the Netherlands is up there as like one of those big drivers of global birding culture. Oh. There are so many Dutch birders out there. There are, yeah. It, it is uh, actually, um, it's ridiculous at the moment because it was already popular. But mm-hmm. uh, during the Corona crisis, yeah, and the, and yeah, we've seen that here too. It went through the roof. Um, um, and well, to put things in perspective, I have a podcast about uh, burning called the oh, right on the Vosels podcast. And uh, during um, uh, like the first lockdown of uh, Corona, um, it it became the the number one podcast on uh, Dutch uh, Apple and uh, Spotify. So <laughs> is that right? Yeah. So we have. Uh, right. We have like uh, two, two and a half million clicks. Uh, <laughs> just uh, like I train uh, this friend of mine who knows nothing about birding, uh, how to become a birder. And now we're huh. like it's almost 60 episodes in. And that shows shows a bit how popular birding became in the Netherlands. And yeah, yeah. now, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It is it is almost weekly on, on television, on different shows. And it's... Huh. It is. It is really um, like it's it's on the news all the time, and it's 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 it's, uh, it's uh, huge. So that's yeah. really nice. Yeah, it's like top sport now. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because like I I'm looking at our stats for the American Birding Podcast, the Netherlands is like right up there as one of the top countries oh, that cool, we get yeah. listeners from. So yeah, yeah, we will have a lot of hello, hello to our Dutch listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they will be listening in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So what are the things that changed from the time when you started? planning this thing in 2006 mm-hmm. and when you actually ran it and is this explosion of online information like that is like eBird blew up and became global um so many more field guides that are available to mm-hmm. a lot of different countries that didn't have field guides before yeah and online eh? so yeah yeah all that stuff is you can carry it on your phone to put things in perspective when i was traveling in uh in peru the first time actually with my dad in uh and it was in um I think, uh, if I remember right, 2001, mm-hmm. uh, we had uh, six kilos of uh, bird books from all yeah. surrounding countries because you didn't have yeah. a bird book. And now you have an app, Birds of Peru, on your phone with all the different sounds. And uh, it's ridiculous. The information, got, like now, you, you can go. Uh, I heard friends of mine, they went to, uh, to the U.S., birded there. They had the Merlin app open. Yeah, and then uh, they just uh, walked around, and then you know it went beeping basically, <laughs> if you, if you <laughs> black and white warbler or whatever. It, uh, it 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 takes part of the uh, experience 
away from burning, I think. Part of it is the struggle. <laughs> it changes it, for sure. The, you have to struggle. The yeah. idea, the identification uh, challenges. I really enjoy that. I, I like to grind. Uh, that's why I, uh, when I, in the Netherlands, I love nothing more than, than to like try to find rarities on the wind yeah. at the Wannsee Islands, like to test your skill to the, to the maximum. That is what I enjoy most. So uh, it is a, like the same with the uh, empitas, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time in Peru, I, I ch- chased the undulated empita for hours and hours through the yeah. through, yep. through a mossy forest, and try, and then I just glimpsed it. Now you go to a feeding station, <laughs> put, put throw a, out the worms, out, and there you go. Yeah, yeah. things yeah. change, but maybe it's also good, you know. But, uh, yeah, you uh, you you talk about the grind and how you enjoy the grind. Um, I feel like that's the sort of mentality that you sort of need for a big year, especially a big year like this. Um, yeah, people think that birding is easy and birding is easy and fun. Um, but you know, 365 days of anything yeah. is going to be, it requires a lot of willpower. And, uh, how did you stay motivated throughout that entire year? Was it just sort of the excitement of, go- of going to the next place? Or did you have times where you're just like, Oh God, another day where I got to get up and do go birding for another 12 hours. Now, there are three reasons. <laughs> yeah. So one of them is like, I, um, been, I've been birding, uh, yeah, practically my whole life. Uh, mm-hmm. you can, we'll read in my book. Uh, but, um, uh, like I, there were since, since I was, I've been birding for so long and I have all these, I had all these field guides in my, uh, closet uh oh, yeah. I, I got a bunch of them right here exactly yeah <laughs> and I, I studied all those birds so i knew of a strange still tyrant uh, when mm-hmm. i was 16 and i and i knew i first laid eyes on the horn guan when i was a little kid you know yeah and i i knew like every day of my big year because i was in a different place all the time i knew well today is going to be the day that i yeah. will finally see hopefully this incredible bird so i was and one day I'm in the in the desert looking for uh, um, for um, 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 like uh, desert birds, and the next day I'm in the rainforest looking for for it, it's like new experience every day and something new and exciting to look forward to every day, and that's like motivated me. And then in addition to that, uh, all those uh, people traveling with me, like all the time, that fresh energy, uh, people that were really stoked, uh, like. Okay, we're gonna push your record to the to the to the next. <laughs> Everybody um, wants to have a a part in the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 uh, that that yeah that helped uh, a lot, and and also um, uh, really important uh, was the fact that I was um, uh, doing a fundraiser for mm-hmm. uh, the Bird Life Preventing Extinctions Program, and I really had for uh, like the harder I push, the harder I work for it. Um, yeah, the more people will. Um, yeah, sympathize and uh, and uh, yeah. download to my fund or, or uh, donate to my fundraiser. So that was a uh, sim- simple, uh, yeah, like uh, that helped a lot to motivate me. Yeah, I guess it does help when you've got when you do have people following along mm. and like you know living vicariously through your experiences to feel like, well, I gotta Ooh. I gotta keep going for them. <laughs> well, I forgot like the most important thing, like on the the, the website uh, uh-huh. when you follow my trip, you could see uh, like a diagram and you could see Noah's list from the year before. Then I saw so oh Noah had thirty two new birds this day. 
and I have only two. Oh, no, <laughs> it's going to be a complete failure. Oh, and then like the worst in the uh, moments were the zero days. I think I had only two, but yeah. one was really funny. Um, I, I dodged the zero day like b- by a thread because I was burning with your fellow country uh, uh, man, Ethan Kistler. Oh, yeah. Hello, uh, Ethan. We both burned with Noah as well, but we were in yeah. South Africa. And uh, we had a, a, a zero new ones. And then we we, yeah, we flew from Durban to uh, Cape Town. We arrived um, like an hour before midnight. And then we went spotlighting along the beach. So you talked a little bit about like looking through field guides as a young person and being able to see all these cool birds. Was there a bird that you just really, really wanted to see and make a part of your big year yeah. that was just that you did and the experience was amazing yeah yeah so I mean, there's probably a bunch of them but <laughs> of course there were a bunch of them like for instance of course philippine eagle like an obvious oh, yeah. one but let's Classic. talk about a less obvious one because okay. um before my big year i did quite some birding uh in uh in the amazon uh, South okay. Africa, like uh, suriname peru and uh one bird that eluded me uh even after i spent like two weeks in um in um uh, like a terra firma rainforest in uh, the mountain biosphere reserve. One bird that always eluded me was a wing banded ant bird. You know it? Okay. Yeah, like it's this um, terrestrial ant bird, very shy, uh, like thin on the ground and yeah. uh, like really stunning. And that, that bird uh, always eluded me. And uh, during a big year, it eluded me in Suriname, where, where it's probably the best uh, country to see it. And then, um, so I was at uh, Sani Lodge. In Ecuador, and that was um, of all places I visited during my big year. Um, uh, my ah, there it is. Yeah, so I just want to look at the bird. Just go yeah, to grab my field guide real quick. <laughs> of, of all places I um, um, I visited during my big year, probably the, the finest birding I I had was at Sani Lodge in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And I Dusan Brinkhuizen, uh, he's a friend of mine. He guides for rock jumper tours. He had made a, a like a target list for uh, for me to find at Sani Lodge, and uh, he arranged uh, Olger Lisui. I, I hope that I pronounce it right. Uh, right, um, this terrific um, uh, bird guide from the Sani com- community. Um, um, he um, he arranged uh, him to to guide me there at uh, Sani Lodge, and he is just like next level, like. Uh, you saw everything first and then like crazy sharp, like extraterrestrial uh, sharpness uh, burning in the rainforest. And we mm-hmm. had like, we were like killing it uh, every day. Uh, like um, at some point, only the very rare birds were still on the target list. And he asked me, Arjan, what bird do you want to see most? I said, well, I know it's uh, it's 0% chance, but wing banded end bird. And he said, well, are you willing to go deep to, <laughs> to, to try to <laughs> deliver? I said, yeah, of course. Uh, if there is a chance, well, he said, yeah, we can, we can go for it. So next morning we woke up two thirty in the morning, like crazy early. And it like, it started already with a blast because as we were in a dugout canoe, he was paddling mm-hmm. to the, where we had to go on a different boat. And then we have to travel like a 10 k's downstream to where the, we started our hike. Um, and uh, but before we uh, like in the pitch black, we are canoeing over this Oxbow Lake, and we hear the, the booming call of a nocturnal curacao, which is like oh, cool. crazy cool bird. I didn't see yeah, it, yeah. I heard it. 
And then we arrived at the site and we had to hike through flooded Farzea forest. Do you know Farzea forest? It's like a flood, a seasonally flooded forest. Okay. And yeah. of the year that I was there, it's flooded. So, um, like it was literally uh, 10 Ks uh, knee deep through, uh, through mosquito infested uh, um, mud. And then, uh, um, like in the twilight, these horrible stinging flies coming from everywhere. And it, was, it was a real, real struggle. And then finally, we arrived uh, in the, in the like, terra firma, uh, like through a lowland rainforest. And uh, we heard um, 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 ochre, ochre striped and pitta falling. Um, and uh, th- which is a real rarity. And I was waiting and, and trying to see it, and he was uh, like whistling. And then he went around uh, to the other side of the bird to sort of push it my way. And I was like sitting on my knees, like letting the mosquitoes just sting <laughs> me all over, waiting for this bird. And suddenly I saw a bird pop up. I thought, that's it. So I looked wingman and then bird, not the overstriped and bitter. Like in amazement, looking at this wing banded end bird, and then I saw the end pit out like, oh, oh awesome. <laughs> and I got one really crappy record shot of the wing banded end bird. So luckily I approved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That was a real, real cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Since your effort and Noah's effort as well, no one that I know of has attempted a real, you know, no breaks, no holds barred global big year. Why do you think that? is and is it because you are the only two people in the world crazy enough to attempt it no like also the uh things changed after a year of course you had the covid pandemic but also um um like um how people view uh flying all over the world changed Mm -hmm. no i uh i can't deny i have like that year i had quite a significant uh, carbon footprint (laughs) and of course like no, I, uh, I offset my my footprint through a carbon offset program. I did this fundraiser, and that said, I also think that people do need to travel to these remote mm-hmm. places to promote ecotourism because it's really important for conservation. But still, you know, flying around the world for a year, um, yeah, it's it's you, like when finding sponsors and stuff like that, it will become more dif- difficult. Yeah, you think in hmm. the future. And uh, in addition to that, um, yeah, there's the world is more turbulent than it was when I did my big year. Noah did his big year. Um, like, uh, of course, climate change is accelerating. Uh, um, so you have more droughts and heavy rainstorms and, and that, that kind of stuff. And of course, uh, um, yeah, stuff like a pandemic. And uh, it's, it's just more difficult to do a big year. But yeah, who knows? Uh, there might be uh, some kid listening in. Uh, <laughs> I will never do it. There's one guy, I think if he does it, I'm screwed. And that's yeah. Ross, <laughs> Ross Gallardy. Another Dutch guy. Yeah. yeah. No, no, he's not a Dutch guy. He's an American. Oh, oh is he? Crazy birder I admire a lot with his, uh, actually with his wife, Melissa. And they, they, they find all these incredibly rare birds all over the world uh, mm-hmm. without guides, without the use of guides. And, uh, like I, I, he plans extremely well and he's extremely tough. <laughs> I think it's, if, if he's going to do it, he will break my record 100%. Are there places that you went on your big year that you wish you perhaps hadn't or had chosen a different place mm. to go? Um, how would you have tweaked your itinerary to maybe squeeze a few more birds out of it? Uh, 
So um, I hope somebody is listening who's going to do That's it. right, maybe Ross. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, would, I would spend about uh, two to three months uh, on Antarctica and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Getting those 12 maybe, uh, species. Maybe a couple Very of months. Cool species, only 12. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. So I, um, well, it all went pretty, pretty damn well. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I didn't get sick for a single day. I had a yeah, an extra day. And um, I had... Uh, um, yeah, I had this optimal, quite optimal itinerary. Also, where I got most of the northern uh, birds, uh, migratory birds, on the wintering ground. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that's how I st- st- strategized the, the the trip. And all yeah, you spent birds. most of your time in the tropics, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Almost, yeah, that's what you need to do. And then, uh, but uh, you know, in hindsight, um, I might have spent a couple of weeks less in uh, East and South Africa, um, and in North America. Uh, and then maybe um, a couple of weeks more in the uh, um, uh, Indonesian archipelago, the Philippines, uh, mm. maybe China and uh, uh, northern uh, Australia, like the top end. But then again, I did see new birds every day, also during the slow uh, days of my big year. And, you know, uh, you cannot see uh, 30 new days, uh, birds every day because there are simply not so many birds in the, wor- in the world. So yeah. I was like, I had this target list, but I had to see about between 18 and 19 different new birds every day. And uh, so at some point, you, you notice you have made a mista- mistake when after yeah. two or three days burning in a certain area, you see only two uh, <laughs> right. birds new. Yeah. And you should have left. But usually those two birds are the amazingly really cool. rare, really <laughs> cool birds. And yeah. it's also fun. It's not just a, a record you're trying to break. You, of course, right. you're going to enjoy every step of the way. And those days where you only see one or two birds makes make the days when it goes really easy um, the better, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I can remember this these really slow days in uh, Tanzania, and then the next day I was birding for the first time in my life in the dry forest of um, Madagascar, and I had five new bird families and more than uh, thirty five new uh, species in one day, you know. And then yeah, yeah it makes it uh, it's with with birding. The bigger the, uh, the the bigger the dips, the the higher the, the higher the highs. Yeah, the higher the highs. It's really like that. Yeah, yeah. This is a huge effort that engaged people from all over the world. Um, how do you think these sort of kind of gonzo birding adventures can draw attention to conservation needs? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it has a huge uh, uh, potential. Um, also to to like popularize uh, bird watching. Uh, mm-hmm. with People who have not like think still of birding as these um, old um, uh, green coated gray yeah. guys uh, with bad leaves <laughs> birding in in, yeah. uh, in windswept uh, forests in Britain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it said that it shows that birding is like this cool, uh, really uh, uh, like it's almost like a sport. That that's yeah. one thing. Uh, so you can draw a lot of attention to, to birding as a hobby. And uh, uh, in addition to, to that, yeah, it's, um, it's a great way to, uh, to show all these uh, amazing um, places around the world and then uh, also highlight uh, incredible conservation uh, programs, uh, yeah. conservationists that, that work every day to, uh, to save these uh, critically endangered birds from extinction. So that's uh, one thing. And then also, yeah, it's, uh, um, like people, like I, for instance, if somebody's doing something like this, like a big year, 
I, I, I zoom in every day, <laughs> try to see where, where he or she yeah. is. And, uh, and, uh, and, and then at some point you become like a fan. And then somebody talks about uh, this incredible place or this really incredibly threatened bird. Uh, you feel like you have to do something about it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like you like yeah, you, become part of yeah. Yeah, exactly. You become you like what I care about conservation efforts or even like politics in you know, Colombia, no. Ecuador, whatever. If I wasn't a birder, I don't know. I, no, maybe I not. But no. you know, I have a connection there because not just for the birds that I see here, but also people no. down there, places down there. All that stuff really matters. And yeah, no. I, I totally feel that. Yeah, cool. Are you enjoying this? I feel like I mess that up every time. But, no, no, um, you're, you're good. <laughs> right, his book, The Big Year That Flew By, is available at long last in English. You can find it where bird books are sold, including our partners, Beautyo Books. ABA members do get a discount when they purchase from Beautyo Books, so that's cool. Um, congratulations on the translation and on still holding the record. Uh, okay. Thanks so much for the conversation. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. I really had a blast. And, and uh, if you ever plan uh, to visit the Netherlands... Yeah, man. Yeah, we can do some birding together. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to be at the Arizona Birding Festival. Are you going to be there? Yeah, I'm going to be there. Okay, yeah. I, I don't think I will, but uh, someone will, from the AV will be there. I will be there to promote my book and uh, I have a hidden agenda to look for a Montezuma quill. <laughs> it's a hidden agenda, like literally, they like the hide. It's kind of hard to find sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Good, luck to that. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, okay. The American Birding Podcast is brought to you by the American Birding Association. If you enjoy this podcast, the best way to support it is to join the ABA. You get a lot of great benefits, including our fantastic magazines, discounts to partners that you may have heard of, like Princeton University Press, Beauty of Books, Cornell Lab of Ornithology. You can find out how to do all of that at aba.org slash join. Special shout outs this week to Karen Favold of Vashon, Washington, Jessica Quinlan, Woodward and family of Minneapolis, Minnesota, Taya Romero and family of Kansas City, Missouri, Matt Testa of Silver Spring, Maryland, and Deborah Walker of Walnut Creek, California, who had a lot of really nice things to say about our last This Month in Burning. That was a fun one. All of whom recently joined the ABA and noted this podcast as a reason for doing so. Thank you so much for all of that. We really appreciate it. Welcome to the ABA. Executive director of the ABA and executive producer of the podcast is Nikki Belmonte, who tracked all over the Netherlands and could never find White Stork. Technical production is by John Lowry, who never found a Gouda place in Holland for black-tailed godwit, which is the national bird of the Netherlands, uh, because I assume it's tall and sort of orangish. Social media is by Maggie Fitzgibbon, who was only a little disappointed that Go Ahead Eagles is a Dutch soccer team and not a polite overture to a queue full of raptors. You can find us online at ABA.org on social media. Most everywhere is American Birding Association. On Twitter, we are at ABA. From the It's a Small World Department, the town of Harlingen, Texas, famous for the Rio Grande Valley Birding Festival, was actually named after the town of Harlingen, Netherlands. And the similarities don't stop there. Both have chachalacas, though one is a bird and the other is... I don't know, maybe the sound coming out of a Dutch comedy club. Questions, comments can come to podcast at aba.org. I'm Nate Swick. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy, everybody. Till next week.